1: Greetings, Hoopsheads, Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Wednesday, May 9th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. What a game last night. You know, I always, when Kevin Durant came to the Golden State Warriors, thought, oh, man, I can't wait for that game where uh, KD... Klay and Steph Curry all score 30 and Draymond gets a triple-double. That's totally going to happen. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but what we did get was all three of the guys scoring in the 20s and Draymond with 19 points and nearly the triple-double with 9 assists. A nearly perfect game from the Stars. And I don't even know who to give the game ball to. I mean, Clay was hot early, then KD was hot, then Curry was hot. And Draymond throughout played defense like his life depended on it and also scored the ball in the fourth quarter when the Warriors needed it. Big rebounds as well. We're going to get into all that. The Houston Rockets also finished their series against the Utah Jazz. So what everybody predicted would happen, unlike the election, actually happened. And that is exciting for Warriors fans, it's exciting for Houston Rockets fans, it's exciting for the NBA, because the Rockets are supposed to be a challenge. Uh, So hopefully this series is what the NBA wants it to be, and not only that, you know, I'm not hoping it goes long, but I know that there's a lot of people who want this series to be a six or seven game series just for entertainment's sake, and we're looking forward to that. You can get this podcast on iOS, iTunes, Android, and Spotify, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. You can get in touch with me at Kogitare on Twitter. That's K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at LockedOnDubs on Twitter. LockedOnDubs on Facebook as well, and you can find my written work at Forbes.com. Now, with this game, I want to start with the fourth quarter because that's when things got a little scary. New Orleans outscored... GSW 29 to 18 in the fourth and everyone had to play until the very end of the game and I'm sure that Steve Kerr wasn't happy with that something to to look at and th- and 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 think about and discuss as they face the Houston Rockets that is keeping the leads that they build and making sure that the other team doesn't come back and make it a game late in the game. This game not nearly as close as the final score indicates, 113-104. But the Warriors did do most things right. They outdid the Pelicans in second chance points, fast break points, and turnovers. Once again, only recording 13 giveaways on the night. Who knows who to give the game ball to? I mean, Andre Iguodala led the team with a plus 25 on the night. Kevin Durant obviously was fantastic 10 of 18 from the field 24 points draymond green with the near triple double five offensive rebounds three steals two blocks 14 rebounds total and nine assists and clay thompson got it going early 10 of 22 from the field to end it six rebounds three assists 23 points stephen curry 10 of 16 three of six from three got it going in the third quarter made all five of his free throws, seven rebounds, eight assists, great game from Stephen Curry, and 28 points. You can make the argument that each one of the Hamptons five deserves the game ball in this game, but I got to give it to Draymond Green. Draymond Green, even though he only shot one of five from three, was just epic on the defensive end. He did have four turnovers, as did Steph Curry, but like I said, the Warriors overall didn't turn the ball over crazy, and Draymond, his energy was palpable throughout the game. He had a few big, big blocks, some yelling, He did sneak into the New Orleans Pelicans' huddle at one point. Uh, It was pretty funny, but at the same time, you know, if I'm a Pelican, you know, what Chris Webber said was sometimes you got to flagrant that guy out of your huddle. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Draymond, if he had done that and he was a member of another team, I would hate him for it. And that's why we love Draymond. He does those things that other teams, other fan bases hate, and we need that. The Warriors need that. Every team who aspires to win a championship needs that guy who gets under other people's skin, and not only that, but plays extremely well on the court. The third quarter was the quarter where the Warriors ran away with it as they are known to do, and in 12 minutes, they posted an offensive rating of 132.4 and a Defensive rating of 69.9. That's a net rating of 62.5 in the quarter. But more than that, Andre Iguodala with a 33.3 defensive rating in the quarter in nearly six minutes. Stephen Curry, 48.8 in eight minutes. Klay Thompson, 57.9 in nearly 10 minutes. And Draymond Green, 67.6 in 10 minutes. KD played the entire quarter. Quinn Cook got some good minutes tonight, 13 minutes to be exact. He played in a lineup with Sean Livingston, David West, Kevon Looney, and Kevin Durant. And I like that lineup a lot. It's super, super long. Quinn Cook playing the Stephen Curry role next to Sean Livingston, whose size and length allowed him to switch very easily. And then you've got Kevon, David West, and KD out there holding it down on the back line. I thought despite being a minus 15 on the night, Kevon Looney had some good minutes as well. It was t- He was guarding a little bit of everybody. There were players who were able easily to, to get baskets. Uh, Drew Holiday had a few baskets over Kevon Looney that were tough. And, you know, y- y- you look at those baskets and you say, well, man, there's nothing that Kevon could have done about that one. He played straight up. He played good defense there and that was just better offense but Kavon has really earned the minutes that he's playing about 23 and a half minutes last night and he did it all I mean a couple of screen assists a deflection loose ball recovered and he contested 18 shots that's 20.5 percent of the shots that the Pelicans put up Kavan Looney contested now did the Pelicans make some of those shots yeah they did But Kavon was there so often and so well-positioned that the Pelicans couldn't do much to get around him, per se. They had to go over him. And Draymond Green, five screen assists, five deflections, and 16 contested shots. That's part of the reason he gets the game ball, in my opinion. Just the masterful defensive game that he played, as well as the offense. You know, it's not every day he's going to come in and score 19 points, including eight in the fourth quarter. It's not every day that he's going to grab 14 rebounds, Uh, but he was just special, including five on the offensive end. Really, really important for the Warriors to outscore the Pelicans in the second chance, and Draymond was a big reason why they did that. Now, if you'll hold up, it's time for a break, and we'll come back.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Now I want to start talking about the Pelicans because the Pelicans didn't play a horrible game. Uh, They were outdone in the third quarter, and that was really the big difference in the game, but were able to come back, score 29 points in the fourth, really make a game out of it. And Anthony Davis, I'll start with Anthony Davis, 34 points and 19 rebounds for the Big AD. He got a lot of easy baskets early on, some rolls to the rim, assists from Drew Holiday, who had eleven. Seven assists for Rajon Rondo. Drew Holiday, great, great game, 11 of 21 from the field and 27 points to go along with 10 rebounds and 11 assists. That's a triple-double, people. I said it before and I'll say it again, Drew Holiday has been one of the best guards in the playoffs so far this year and he proved it, he showed it in this game. He did have four turnovers, but he wouldn't be the only player to have four turnovers in this game. As I mentioned, Draymond had four, Etwan Moore had four for the Pelicans, but when you have 11 assists, four turnovers doesn't look so bad. Alvin Gentry shortened his lineup even more. Solomon Hill only got three minutes, Darius Miller 17. And then Rajon Rondo only played 21 minutes. That's going to be an interesting development going forward. Uh, Is Rondo going to be happy with only playing 21 minutes in this game? He did have seven uh, assists in that time as well as seven points. He was a minus 16 on the night. But nearly everyone who played in a Pelicans uniform was a minus, Etwan Moore was a plus two, and Ian Clark was a plus five. But other than that, it was bad. Thanks to the Warriors' swarming defense for the game, the Pelicans were only able to knock out a 99 offensive rating while posting a defensive rating of 106.3. That's minus 7.3 in the net. And that offensive rating just goes to show how special the Warriors' defense was for the whole game, most of the game. I will say most of the game. That fourth quarter, they really did fall apart a little bit. And in the second quarter, they kind of fell apart a little bit defensively as well. Were able to bring it back in the third. The Pelicans did shoot 46.5% and 417 from three, but they were out-rebounded by nine surely would have gotten more points in the paint. They did record 56 points in the paint to GSW's 42, uh, but would have gotten more points in the paint had they not been so badly out-rebounded. And I want to give credit to the Warriors for rebounding the ball with Plum. and it's not just Draymond who grabbed 14, Kevon Looney with 8, Steph Curry with 7, 6 for both Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Four for Andre Iguodala, and then a couple sprinkled around for David West, Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, and Jordan Bell in only five minutes and 37 seconds. Still was able to do a little bit. He put up two shots, two points and a minus four on the night. But what makes this team so exciting, and I'm talking about the Warriors now, is the way in which the offense can just run itself. Like for example, uh, the three-pointer in the fast break that Stephen Curry took from about 30 feet. That is not a play call. (laughs) That's just Stephen Curry being magical. A lot of what Kevin Durant did was Kevin Durant being magical. Obviously, Clay Thompson uh, had some moves of his own. He was able to go around screens and stuff like that, but a lot of it was Clay Thompson being magical. The Dubs still had 36 assists on 48 made baskets. And they were able to put up 100 shots total. The turnover disparity wasn't crazy, but when you're able to put up 12 more shots than your opponent, you're probably going to win the game. The Warriors were able to capitalize on turnovers in a way that the Pelicans just weren't. Got out running 26 fast break points for the Dubs in this game. The Warriors whipped the ball all around the court. The ball movement was special. And the Pelicans' rotations often just couldn't keep up with how quickly the ball was whipping around the court, whipping uphill and downhill, and the Warriors didn't get stuck in any plays. Uh, When something wasn't working, they passed around. You know, when somebody was on, they fed the hot hand. It seemed like every move was a right move for the Warriors Even though that second and fourth quarter wasn't super good, they played well enough in the first and third to get through it fairly easily. This is the kind of game that the Warriors are going to have to play against the Houston Rockets over and over and over again. Everybody's going to have to get their touches. Everybody's going to have to get good shots. And they're going to have to go in. I mean, the reality is that a lot of these shots that Clay Steph, Kevin Durant, and even Draymond Green take our extremely difficult shots, and in the face of a defense that is really, really trying to keep them from scoring the ball, those shots are going to have to go in. They take a ton of difficult shots, and I don't think that there is enough talked about about that. You look at Klay Thompson and the shots he takes, the ones he took in the first quarter, a lot of them... There's a body right on him, and he's able to rise up over the defense and make things happen. But a lot of the time, that, I mean, I can you make that shot? I can't make that shot, you know? So those difficult shots are going to have to keep going in. Obviously, Kevin Durant, a player who can make those difficult shots look easy constantly, but they're going to have to go in for him as well. And he has not shot the ball well from three, only one of four from three tonight and in the 20s for the playoffs i'm looking for him to shoot better from outside clay thompson also two of eight from three one of five for draymond green and the only person who really kept them in it was Stephen curry at three of six they were seven of 27 from three that's 26 percent not very good not very good at all they're going to have to match the Rockets intensity from the three-point line if they're going to win four out of those seven games. We're going to take a break. We'll come back, talk about the Rockets and the Warriors.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked on NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So the Rockets won their series in five games, as we thought they would. The Jazz didn't have Ricky Rubio for the entire series, they didn't have Exum for some of the series and they weren't going to win even with rubio and xm honestly the rockets are just the better team were able to out execute the jazz in a way that the oklahoma city thunder couldn't they don't have that execution mode but the rockets do and in the fourth quarter they outscored the jazz 37 to 24 they shot a ridiculous 18 of 39 from three, that's 46%. Chris Paul was so good. He was so good. 41 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds on 8 of 10 from three. On a night where James Harden didn't really have it going at all, Chris Paul made the. I mean, he really, really wanted to go to the conference finals. You know, he's never been. We know this. And so this is going to be his first trip to what amounts to. The people are talking about it as the finals before the finals because whichever team comes out of this round is going to be head and shoulders above uh, LeBron uh, because do we think LeBron's going to lose to the Celtics? Um, it, either way, either way, the Celtics are not done with their series yet. They have another game tonight. If the 76ers win, there is another game. And so, but the Warriors and the Rockets are already set. Their series is going to kick off on Monday and then Wednesday before a long break and they're going to play again on Sunday for game three. Not an incredibly fantastic defensive game, but still a net rating of 6.8 for the Rockets in this game, 118.5 offensive, 111.8 defensive. But we can see where D'Antoni is getting his minutes from You know, pretty short rotations. No minutes for Joe Johnson, interestingly. Gerald Green not getting a lot of minutes and Nene not getting a lot of minutes. Right now, the heavy minutes guys are starting with Luke Baamute with 20 and a half minutes. And then Gordon, Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, P.J. Tucker, and Trevor Ariza all played more than 25 minutes. So it's a very lengthy lineup for them. And then Clint Capella in the middle, I don't think, obviously, Steve Kerr is not going to start the Hamptons 5 against this Rockets team. I think you might see JaVale McGee back in the lineup there to combat Clint Capella, who's going to be playing probably about 30 to 35 minutes a night. So you're not just going to get JaVale, who you can't play for 30 minutes. You're probably going to get a lot of Kavan on Clint Capella and defense and big man by committee. The Dubs are going to have to run the Rockets off the line with the ferocity because we know what the Rockets like to do. They get to the line and they shoot three-pointers and they shoot a ton of three-pointers. They put up 39 in the last game. That's nearly half of the shots that they took and they didn't even play Ryan Anderson and Joe Johnson who love to shoot the three as well. I assume that we'd see more Ryan Anderson in this next series. I'm not sure. I don't know why he got the DMPs. He's been a big part of the regular season for the Rockets. But in the playoffs, rotation's shorten and you have to get the right matchups to win the game. And Ryan Anderson, I guess, wasn't part of the game plan for Mike D'Antoni. But James Harden was, obviously, and he's going to have to have a bounce-back game. Only 7 of 22 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. and didn't do much else. Turned the ball over 3 times, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. Not a great game for James Harden, and it didn't matter because Chris Paul was that good. It's kind of like when Steph has a bad game and it doesn't matter because KD and Clay are good, or vice versa. You know, It, it, it didn't matter in this game, but it will matter against the Warriors. James Harden is going to have to play at the MVP level, that, you know, I mean, he's going to win the MVP. We know this. Uh, Miles, uh, my friend and frequent guest on this show, doesn't understand why. It's just a given that James Harden will win the award, uh, as particularly um, in the wake of what we're seeing from LeBron James. And it is a regular season award, though. We know that. Uh, James was obviously the most important person on his team, the MVP of his team in the regular season, Uh, and James Harden, obviously the MVP of his team in the regular season, but that doesn't make someone an MVP of the league. But James Harden played on a team that won 65 games, best player on the best team. That sometimes is the criteria that we go off of and sometimes it isn't you know Um, Steph was the best player on the best team in 2015 but he was also incendiary in 2016 best player on the best team but he didn't get that award because he was the best player on the best team he got that award because he made 402 three-pointers. I don't personally have a problem with James Harden winning the MVP award Uh, I do think that a breakdown of how people decide who they're gonna vote for for MVP would be useful. You know, a a system of checkboxes or something like that where you can basically say, oh, uh, I think he was the best because of this, 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 and that. Uh, Best player on the best team, best stats, uh, best defensive performance, whatever. You know, I I just think that the eye test is not the only uh, metric by which MVPs should be voted on. But that's just me. Uh, and, you know, you could take that as me being a little bit salty. I'm not salty, honestly. Dr- uh, uh, James Harden is one of the top five players in this league right now. He's doing things that we haven't seen as far as shooting free throws over the past four seasons. Nobody's done it like him. And, uh, you know, that, that is worthy of consideration, worthy of praise, That's about as much time as I have for today. Thanks for listening. I will be in New Orleans tomorrow and Friday. I will do my best to get a podcast out on each of those days because we're playing on Monday. I want to make sure that I get a full preview in. But if that's not the case, I'll keep you posted on Twitter. Stay thoughtful, hoopsheads.